Hey everybody, welcome back to Outside the Bio. This is Pierre. This is Joe. And today we are here with Tony DeCesar. He is a board certified behavior analyst and a licensed attorney here in New Jersey. And uh, and a good friend, we've known him a couple years and we think he's gonna be a great interview. So uh, we'll go right into it today. Remember our whole thing is impact, industry, mentor, passion, action, challenge, and teach. So. Um, Tony, what is your industry? Tell us a little bit about your industry or your industries. All right. Well, thanks for having me on, uh, Behavior Bros. Uh, I like that. You guys are awesome. And uh, as friends, and uh, you know, we're talking about mentorship and passion and leadership, and you guys are good examples of that, uh, which I'll probably be referring to you throughout. But uh, appreciate it. My industry. Uh, what's the matter, Pierre? You don't appreciate it? No. Airplane mode, man. Oh, airplane mode. All right. Good. <laughs> so, uh, industry. So, I currently work as a behavior analyst, uh, primarily. So, I'm also a licensed attorney, but I'm not practicing. And a lot of times, uh, people wonder. They say, you know, why wow, you have a law degree? Why the hell aren't you practicing law? Yeah. Well, I think that uh, it has a lot to do with kind of what we're going to be discussing today. It's about finding your passion, finding what drives you, finding what gets you out of bed every morning. So, I did applied behavior analysis for about ten years and worked, you know, kids age 3 to 21, did research, publications, kind of, you know, did everything, you know, I possibly could do to learn as much as I could about the field. And then I started teaching at a university as an adjunct faculty, and I really got into teaching um, at the university level. And then I kind of hit a crossroads. You know, usually at that point, you decide, you know, okay, what am I going to do next? I was working as a behavior consultant, I was teaching at a university, and the next logical progression was, hey, go get a PhD, and maybe get affiliated with the university, become a full-time professor, because I really enjoy teaching, mentoring, especially younger students, and kind of helping them find their direction. So I looked into getting a PhD, and then I realized part-time, seven years, dissertation, 150 grand in debt. I said, fuck that. I said, you know, full-time <laughs> professors, special ed, make about 60, 65 grand. That would be after getting the PhD. So one of the things that kind of, kind of came up as an interest of mine was the law. You know, sitting in an IP meeting, so special education law kind of became something that not only was I teaching and learning more and more about, but it was intriguing to me. So I said, you know, what about law school? Never thought about it. You know, I was 30, you know, 30 years old, thinking, you know, what am I going to do? And uh, I took the LSATs, didn't really prepare, didn't do well on them, did well enough to get into Widener Law School. Um, and I said, you know, what the hell, I'll go. And at that time, I had a family. I had two kids, one child with uh, significant special needs, my oldest son Anthony, who had a, born with a chronic medical condition, you know, married. You know, it's a tough decision to invest four years part-time while working full-time to uh, pursue that, but I did. And I ended up graduating the top 5% of my class, got this uh, prestigious assistantship uh, at a firm in Philly. I remember I was on the 26th floor and the first day I was there. I think it was maybe the first day or maybe the second morning of the second day, the second day in the morning, wanted to jump out of the building. Mm. Sitting there reading corporate law stuff and sitting in with a bunch of people who all they cared about was making money and supporting corporations and, you know, defending them from lawsuits. I said, this is not me. Mm -hmm. Money was great though. It was about 10000 a month for three months. It's like, shit. That's a lot of money. It's going to help my family. I got paid to do that. Well, I came, I said, I'm not going to do that. I came out of law school. I said, what's the next logical step is education law. And I got hooked up with a firm right out of law school and, and started working and loved the law and I was excited to do it. But 
the daily grind, sitting in an office all day. It was so foreign to what I was used to doing while being out in the field, driving from place to place, building relationships, making connections with parents, with kids with disabilities, with agencies and, and other stakeholders. And it didn't take me very long, maybe about three to four months to realize this is not what I want to do the rest of my life. Yeah. After $150,000 in debt and four years and a strain on my marriage and not really seeing my kids, you know, balancing all these things out while working full time in school. So it was hard, um, I'll be honest, but I made the change and I ended up hooking up with Brett and saying, hey, I want to come back into the field. And he said, you got to be fucking kidding me. You're an attorney. And he's, I said, man, I can't do it. It's not what I want to do. Yeah. He said, if you're sure, I'll bring you on. Brought, him, brought me on as an independent contractor, tried it out, and I loved it. And I mean, that's the end of the story. That's what drives me. And now I'm doing what I want to be doing. Good, man. That's perfect. Good stuff. Yeah, I love that. Right. Man. That's great. Thanks, Tony. All right, Tony. Thanks so much for sharing that story. Um, you know, I think everyone has sort of different reasons for why they enter a particular field and what drives them, what motivates them. And, uh, you know, it really sounds like you did it for all the right reasons. Uh, what I want to ask you now is who is the one person that's been most influential or who is your mentor and who, who would that one person be if you can give me one person? Sure. My primary mentor, my assigned mentor, but also uh, uh, if I had to choose he would be the one, uh, is Brett DeNovi, you know, our CEO. You know, uh, one of the things uh, that I like about Brett being my mentor is that he helps me see the big picture, which sometimes it's really hard, you know, when you're when you're working, when you're grinding, when you have a lot of responsibilities and obligations, it's really easy to get caught up in the day-to-day -day and the, the, the details, which the details are important, right? We're helping kids, we're building relationships. I mean, those things are really important, but sometimes, I, especially with myself, I find um, that I lose, I lose sight of the big picture. You know, those, where do I want to be in five years? You know, the question that you always get asked, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. You know, sometimes I, I have a hard time with that because I'm so focused on, you know, taking care of my boys, you know, and, and making sure that I'm, you know, providing them, you know, uh, you know, teaching them, you know, how to grow up and be, you know, responsible young adults uh, as, as they go through school and, and working with them and making sure they're taken care of. And then, you know, working, you know, have taking on a lot of responsibilities. Uh, so I have a hard time seeing the future and Brett is really good at you know where do you want to be in, in in five years you know and and he also talks a lot which I really like and these are things I wouldn't think about on my own which is why you have a mentor they help you kind of think about these other different things that's the way I at least look at what a mentor can do one of the roles and he says you know you need to start thinking about you know leaving leaving a legacy you know, and, and that kind of sticks with me a lot. And I'm 41 years old, you know. At some point, you know, I can't be a 50-year-old man going into schools and working with kids. You know, I'll be like a creep, you know. Yeah. <laughs> be creeping around at school. I mean, that's why I'm keeping myself young, staying in the gym and making sure, you know, uh, looking good and, and looking younger. But it, it means that when I hear that, it, it's, it's great to hear, but it's also scary sometimes too because, you know, we're not getting any younger. And, you know, there's a lot of time left to help a lot of great kids and, do, and families and, and, and do a lot of great things. But it's something I normally wouldn't take the time to think about. So when I meet with Brett, you know, usually every two to three weeks, you know, it's, I look at it as kind of a reset. It's a reset on what are my goals, what are my passions, and how can I take those goals and, and turn it into a vision for what my legacy is going to be. 
and that's and that's what it is now getting there and and we'll talk about that I think a little bit later getting there has been a little bit of a challenge for me because I do tend to get caught up in the day-to-day but I think that's what happened it's refocusing I have five goals now with our agency my goals are to build relationships with school district attorneys you know which I'm, I'm nailing that goal you know I'm doing workshops uh, to give continuing legal education credits regularly now I'm hooked up with an agency that regularly does that I meet with school district attorneys all the time and, and build that relationship Wine and dine them a little bit, of course, too, because they like to drink, apparently. Uh, but any uh, build relationships with with school districts, you know, and, and work with school districts to help them meet, you know, maintain their their compliance with IDA and LRE and all those requirements. And and I, and I do enjoy that as well. Mentoring our our younger staff, our newer staff, which to me is there's nothing more important that a BCBA um, or a leader can do is to mold young people and help them be successful. So I have a lot of people that I'm, I've been identified as a mentor for, which, you know, that means a lot to me. A lot of people want me. They seek me out for advice. It makes me feel good. Also, um, you know, I have, uh, you know, a significant caseload, you know, which I have to make sure I maintain and manage and still provide, you know, individuals with effective services. So I think I mentioned five, but that's four. Uh, the fifth one is, is starting to document and, and building that legacy. You know, through vlogging and through writing, you know, posts on LinkedIn and, and making connections, and and that's the one that I'm struggling kind of the most with. The well, other things, you right now with that. yeah, and that's what you guys are helping me out with now because <laughs> yeah. that's, and that's where I look to you guys who are doing such great things. You know, even just through something like this, you know, doing podcasts and and doing vlogs, and you know, you're, you're leaving a legacy. You know, you're giving out good content and information to help people that's going to sustain over time. That's great, yeah, and I think leaders create leaders, and that was good advice. Thanks. All right, everybody, welcome back to our next segment. So we've just talked about Tony's industry. We heard him talk about his mentor, Brett, and now we start getting into the best part, I think, of, of our conversation, which is passion. This is where we start to go a little bit outside the bio. So, Tony, talk to us, man. What's, what's your biggest passion, or do you have several passions that can be inside of your industry or outside, but tell the audience about what you're passionate about what gets you out of bed in the morning man like what? all right I'm laughing cuz uh, you guys should put your uh, PJs on and it ain't it ain't that exciting uh, this is a, this is an interesting area so passion with regard to let's break it up in the passion with regard to profession and career and then let's break it up into passion with regard to personal. Okay, cool. And some might say that oh, I can't wait to see what Tony's got to say about his personal passions, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, my professional passion and really what gets me out of bed every morning, and actually, by the way, I don't mind Monday mornings. I know some people have been posting on LinkedIn about that. Brett posted something about how to get going, you know, Monday mornings using behavioral principles, behavioral momentum, things like that. Thank actually, God it's Monday, right? I don't dread Monday mornings. And, you know, when I was practicing as, a, as an attorney, I mean, it would be Saturday morning and I'd be dreading. I'd have anxiety. I'd be shaking about going into the office on Monday, you know, just because, you know, I'd be dreading going in. But right now, I don't. Um, I look at a Monday as a new opportunity. Um, my passion is, is really to continue to build relationships. I, I'm, I'm really big on what drives me, what motivates me is building relationships and helping people. And the more people that I can connect with on a personal level, in addition to a professional level, you know, that's really what drives me. You know, last night I was on the phone with the director of special education at 7.30 at night 
and we were talking about you know staffing for the school and how we can support them in providing services and his kids are screaming in the background right beating the shit out of each other it was great right he's like i gotta get off the phone and i'm like dude what's going on over there right calls me back like 10 minutes later he says my kids are a fucking mess and i'm like you know this is a person you know professional relationship with yeah. but he you know and so i gave him some i gave him some informal you know, I don't know any ethical violations but i gave him some some advice and i said you know i said you got to you got to work on the behavior you know you got to you and your wife got to get together work on the behavior so this has actually started a couple months ago where we started having the conversation but again it's, it's, he thanked me at the end after we talked about business, and then we talked a little bit. And he said, "Thank you really much for listening and helping you know helping me out and you know being honest with me." Like that kind of stuff gets me excited and makes me passionate about what I do. That's why I get out of the bed every morning. It's those types of relationships where people feel appreciated. I can help them, and I make a connection. Now that's not very exciting. I know that. Okay, uh, but that's what drives me at, to get out of bed every morning. Who can I build a relationship? Who can I connect with? Who can I help? And, and connections are, are really important. On a personal level, this has been a tough area for me because I've been, I don't have many passions. I mean, I like to eat, uh, I like to go to the gym, which I think is important, um, but as far as anything real exciting like windsurfing or skydiving or jumping out of an airplane or whatever it may be, you know, I don't really have anything. And that's something that I struggle with and has, has been part of my growth process. I've, I was married for 14 years, recently divorced a couple years ago. It was all about work, the kids, going to school, working two, three jobs, putting food on the table, you know, and, and, and meeting my professional goals. And now I'm kind of going through this transformation. I'm taking care of my kids, which is obviously number one priority for me. I'm taking care and getting myself set up professionally so that I can meet my goals which is, is also there. And, and my third passion, the only thing I have time for, is going to the gym and taking care of my body and my mental health and my physical health. So this is kind of a work in progress for me, guys. I mean, passion-wise, I mean, hobbies, uh, the only thing I can think of is, uh, you know, I used to, I played soccer at a, at a pretty high level um, all my life. It was the sport that really, you know, was my escape and I enjoyed. And right now I'm kind of living through my eight-year-old son who just made the travel soccer team. Right. Four out of That's 16 great. kids, man. That's so nice. what's been kind of nice is going out to the field, kicking the ball around, and getting involved with that, watching soccer on TV and kind of working through that. You know, with my other son, you know, uh, cooking, you know, is also very relaxing. I like to eat. I like to eat healthy. So I have a 14-year-old son. We're going to high school this year. And, and he's even though he doesn't eat by mouth because of some of the, the, the feeding uh, disorders that he has, and he has a feeding tube, he loves to cook and bake. So I have two passions that I can kind of share with my children. As far as anything outside that, you know, that's still a work in progress for me, guys. I know it's not all that exciting, but it's, plenty right it's who I am. And that's plenty. That's great. Thanks, man. There you go. All right, Tony, thanks so much, man. I, I liked how you, you went with both uh, your your professional sort of passion and then also uh, you know personally what you're most passionate about now I want to get into action right so in this um, you know in this area I like to think about what steps have you taken or even if you haven't taken certain steps towards the thing that you're most passionate about um, what would you like to do or what would you plan to do right so what are those steps towards uh, running that marathon you know, I mean, you know, you have to take a few steps. So, uh, what, what do you have to, um, you know, say about that, there, buddy? Okay, buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is a tough one for me as well because, uh, you know, professionally, uh, yeah, I do have that passion that I, you know, that I, I meet on a daily basis you know, with regard to, 
again, building relationships and making connections with people, uh, both personally and professionally. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of work for me to be done in this area uh, in terms of, there's a lot of things that I want to do, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, right now, I'm having a hard time, you know, focusing and, and, and coming up with a, a system or a, a method of, of, meeting, of meeting some of the passions uh, that I want to achieve with regard to my personal goals, for example. You know, again, it comes, comes back to thinking about that legacy. You know, I have all this information in my head, and, and Brett's always telling me, and people are always telling me, like, you know, you're, you're a BCBA attorney, you're, you have all this experience, you know, you gotta put that information out there. And, you know, one of the things with me is I'm not a social media guy. I'm old school, like, I'm an old man here, you know, and I. All of 41. Yeah, I'm 41. Yeah. I'm going through a little bit of a, you know, <laughs> a divorce and a, and a midlife crisis will, will, will kind of do that to you. I'm going through, like, a little bit of a mini midlife crisis since I turned 40, but. You know, I feel great, which I felt the best I felt in my entire life, both physically and mentally, which is a great thing. But, you know, it's it's sometimes I you know I see what other people are doing, and I I'm just not that guy like to put their life out there. And but I kind of I do want to put it out there, but then I don't. You know, so yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's scary. I think I think once I kind of break the ice, you know, and and start to take some steps, um, you know, I all know about behavioral you know skills training, and I I know all about setting goals and you know, putting it on the calendar, you know, and, and making sure you dedicate one hour a week, whether it's to, you know, doing video uh, blogs um, or writing LinkedIn articles or articles that can be posted online that people can give access to good information. I know all about that, but it's taking those first steps to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, last night, for example, I, I did a workshop and I, I came out and uh, I came home and I'm like, thinking on the way home, I'm like, damn, you know, I keep hearing the same issue all the time. So I got to write something about this and just put it out there. You know, and it was about you know teachers who say you know why should I be rewarding him for rewarding him or her for doing something or doing already right Joe you've seen yeah, that slide yeah. all the time right it comes up all the time and it's the same arguments well it's not fair the other students are doing what they're supposed to be doing it's too expensive to provide all these reinforcers it doesn't work it works for two weeks and then it stops working you know and there's rebuttals to every one of them right so I come home and I'm like you know what I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write this this article it's in my head. I'm gonna post the damn thing, and I know I'm gonna feel good after, right? Because people are gonna read it, they're gonna comment on it, and it's gonna be useful information. So I sit down, I start writing the damn thing, and I'm writing, I'm writing, and I'm like, fuck, you know, uh, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, let me, I stopped, I just got stagnant, and I'm like, shit. So I went and I did some other paperwork, got some other things done, and I came back to it. And I felt a little, you know, I felt a little less interest there. That drive wasn't there. Mm. And then I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, I'll do it tomorrow. You know, and this, <laughs> how long is it going to sit? Right. You know, so this is stuff that, you know, what action plans am I taking? You know, this is kind of where I'm at now, you know. And I know, Pierre, I mean, I, I listened to your your uh, podcast the other day about, you know, what, what helps people, uh, you know, prevents people from reaching their goals. You know, right. one is perfectionism. It has to be perfect before I put it out. Right. That rung a little bit true with me. Yeah. You know, sometimes the comparison one, too. You know, is it going to be good as what other people are picking out? You know, and so a lot of this stuff, it really, I just need to kind of get on a path of, you know, again, you know, reading more and, 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 you know, even maybe getting some mentorship. Maybe the behavior bros can help me out with this. But right. I feel like We're I have here. so we'll much to offer. Like, and then like, you guys are doing a podcast. I'm like, fuck, I could do a podcast. I could just sit here and bullshit and talk for hours, man. I mean, I love go. talking about stuff. All you need My is life phone. is somewhat interesting, uh, even yeah. though I don't have much of a social life. But, you know, that's okay, you know. That'll happen. Maybe there's a girl out there who uh, might be interested. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe just, she'll listen to this. And maybe she'll that. listen to this and be like, hey, this guy sounds like a good this dude. Guy's great. Just kidding. But, yeah, no, uh, that's... 
All right, guys, we're back with Joe and Tony. So, Tony, you know, we talked about your industry, who your mentor is, your passion, and we talked about some of the actions you want to do over the next year or two years to get to some of these goals. Talk to us a little bit about some of the challenges that you've come across in the last year or in the last few months um, or some of the challenges you think you may come across trying to fulfill your passion. So what have been some of the challenges for you? It's pretty, actually it's one of the easier questions. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of challenges. I think one thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately is uh, is learning how to say no. Mm. Yeah, it's one. so easy to say yes. Yeah, sure, I'll help you out. Two workshops on the same day? Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, you know, you know, do a presentation or talk about autism and, and ABA before the Middlesex County Nurses Association? Yeah, sure, why the hell not? Right. Uh, you know, can you pick up this extra case? Yeah, why not? Uh, but no, uh, saying no I think is important. And one of the things that I've started actually this summer, you know, to talk about to overcome this challenge. That's a big challenge because I think when you take on too much, you spread yourself too thin. I think we all kind of know that. But I think more importantly, not only can it lead you to burn out and, and lead you to not be as successful uh, in your industry or career as, as you'd like to be or um, as your clients or the people that rely upon you need you to be, but I think it, it's, more importantly, it steers you away from your, your goals and your vision. You know, doing a talk before you know, certain associations really isn't gonna get me where I ultimately wanna be. You know, taking on um, additional responsibilities that steer me away from the vision of where I wanna see myself in five years is, is gonna be a distraction. And there's a lot of people who write about that. I mean, you're sure you guys have seen stuff posted about why you need to learn how to say no. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me the biggest challenge is, is, is really trying to streamline things. You know, streamline things down so that it's more manageable for me, so that I can start doing some of the things um, that I am passionate about. We, we talked kind of in the break about uh, kind of breaking out of that shell of, of, of putting yourself out there. You know, it's funny, I want to be out there and I want to be giving, you know, I want people to hear what I have to say because I feel like I have a lot to offer. But then again, I don't want to be out there. Right. You know, it's kind of scary that proposition of, of, of putting yourself out there in social media and are people going to be receptive to what you have to say and, you know, how much time am I going to have to dedicate towards, you know, building a, you know, personal brand or profile, you know, putting my profile out there to the general public. And saying no to the things that uh, aren't most important, right? So you talked about what you're most passionate about. And then, you know, still saying yes to those things, right? That, you, you know, you want to say yes to the things that you're most passionate about, but learning how to say no to the things that you know aren't really important to you, you know, is, well, is, is essential too, right? I mean, Well, yeah, Joe, I mean, honestly, say no, say no, say no. I mean, that's been my, my mantra. And, 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 you know, saying no isn't necessarily a bad thing. I, I did a, a, a video uh, blog about this that, that I actually provided to Brett because he said something to me that really stood out. He said, Undercommit and overdeliver, and I think he's trying. You know, he made a logo about it and everything, but that really stuck with me because I was overcommitting and I was underdelivering, mm -hmm. and and I actually did a, a video blog about it because I, I really thought about it and you know hopefully it'll be posted at some point because I I, I really liked it, but I, I I try to spin it a different way by saying no. There's a lot of advantages there. Okay, it's not just about saying no, so you can focus on you know, your, your visions and your goals for the future, but I think it has a lot of other secondary benefits um, to other individuals. For example, it gives other people 
the op other uh, it gives other people you're working with or in your agency or organization opportunities, right? Everything that you turn down or say I can't really take that on right now, it gives other people opportunities. That's right. And to hone and their skill and their craft. Go ahead and look at it. It increases your accessibility to others, right? So those people you mentor, you supervise, your clients, if they have more accessibility to you, they're going to ultimately be more successful in their personal endeavors and their professional endeavors and also, you know, for client outcomes. Yeah, and then the third thing is obviously it'll increase your performance. If you cannot get out of the park with less responsibilities, it's going to make you look better. It's going to make your agency or organization look better. Mm -hmm. So while saying no can sound like one of those things, especially us people in the human services agency, there, I think there's a lot. I think saying no is is really important, and there's a lot of ways that that can help others and, and further your profession. Good stuff, man. Yeah. All right, Tony, we're uh, at our last question here, and this is, uh, I know, our favorite one because we, we learn a lot about uh, people with this last question, and it's, it's one that's really important to me because I always think of what would I teach my former self. So for you, what would be that one thing that you would teach that 21-year-old Tony? Uh, you know, if you could give, if you could give a, some words of wisdom or a word of just one word of advice, what would that be? Crickets. No. Uh, one piece or one word of advice. This is, okay. So I'd say, um, well, I'm not going to give you a one-word answer. I'm just going to start No, talking. no, you don't have to. Yeah, right. I mean, So one of the things that, you know, the first thing I would do is if I, you know, teach my 21-year-old self is uh, thank God they didn't have cell phones back when I was 21 and in college. So I would tell them, don't... Uh, don't post any nude pictures of yourself on social media. Shit, if uh, they had cell phones when I was in college, I probably wouldn't be working right now. Uh, but I think that's practical advice. Now, what I would what I would teach my younger self, or what I would teach younger people, and I do this, you know, through through my teaching at the university and through mentoring people. You know, I'm always kind of giving that advice, and that's one of the things I really enjoy. One thing I would say is that you know, is is there certain th there's certain key traits that I think help people be successful in life. You know, one is obviously work ethic. You know, I think work ethic is so important. Um, I actually heard a podcast the other day about somebody who was talking about millennials, and we tend to give millennials a, a, a bad rap, you right? They're, they're lazy, they're entitled, you know, this or that. But, you know, I, I don't see it that way. I mean, I think we need to, you know, we just need, they have a different way of connecting with the world, they have a different way of communicating. But, you know, there's a lot of millennials that I know that are hard workers, that are, that are you know, that are committed, that aren't entitled. And I think we need, to know, we need to mold them, you know, and it's our job to mold them. Work, that work ethic is really important. Um, you know, compassion, I think, is something else. You know, I'm constantly, you know, talking with my kids about, you know, having compassion for others. I don't care what color your skin is, what your disability is. I mean, I look at people and I judge them by how I interact with them. You know, I don't write many people off, or when I write people off, it's because I've, you know, if I do write people off, it's or you know don't want to associate with somebody, it's because I've had a pers several personal interactions with them, and they're just not a good person. But I'm compa you know, being compassionate, I think is important. So work ethic, compassion, and and personal responsibility too, is a big one. You know, a lot of people, uh, we talk a lot about this in leadership, that when, when, when shit goes down, when things go wrong on a project that you're working on, on a case that you're supervising with regard to a client that you're serving. When something goes wrong, you need to take personal responsibility, especially as a leader, and look at yourself first and say, what the fuck did I do wrong? 
where did I drop the ball, you know, and not point the finger at somebody else. And I think that's a huge, and I think, I think that's important. It's something I'm working with my boys on right now is to take accountability. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to screw up, you know, but you've got to take ownership of it and take responsibility. So I think those three characteristics are things that I would definitely instill upon myself, you know, and the other thing I would, I would think about is, you know, tell younger people and is you don't have to decide what you want to do and what your career is going to be right now. You know, that's good advice. It took me until I was 36 years old mm. to find my niche. Okay. To find my current career, my current profession. And you know what? I don't know where I'm going to end up being. It's a process. You're constantly growing and learning. So you don't have to know what you want to do, what you want to be when you're 21. I think that's why a lot of people find themselves unhappy, right? right? They jump into a career. I mean, I know a lot of attorneys. Did you guys know that 50% of uh, attorneys or people who are who went to law school do not actually practice law? Did not know that. It's no. a really high statistic, right? Wow. So a lot of people go in and you know that's their job and they're kind of stuck with it because they don't have anything else. I was fortunate to have something to fall back on you know, with regard to ABA and, and be able to kind of tie that into a niche area, tying into the law with educational behavioral consultation. But you don't have to know right now. Life is a process. It's a growth process. Things are constantly changing. And I think be understanding that being flexible is important. And your passions may change over time. Mm, and it might take you in a different direction. Right. And I talk with a lot of people about that. You don't have to make your final decision right now, whether you're 21, whether you're 25, whether you're 30, whether you're 35. You know, be open to change and put yourself out there to be receptive to different opportunities because you never know where your passions are going to take you. And that's perfect, Tony. And I think you're in a great op uh, opportunity to do that, you know, teaching.